Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, June 10th, 2021. If you have ever gone to visit a fortress, most of them uh, that you visit eventually were overcome. And so you're visiting kind of the remains of a fortress, a fortress that was at some point defeated. I grew up in San Antonio, Texas, famously the home of the Alamo. Uh, in college, I was able to spend some time in Israel and visited another one, one of the most famous fortresses in the world, the Fortress of Masada, right there above the Dead Sea. And both of those places We know the story. Eventually, the fortress was overrun. Uh, Eventually, it was destroyed. And that's what you think of really most fortresses. They've become obsolete. They've become old. Or at some point, they were defeated. And now they're just remnants of history from former battlefields. But I want you to think about a different kind of fortress today. A fortress that has never been defeated A fortress that only gets stronger because it's constantly even being reinforced and adding new features of protection and just growing stronger and stronger, and it will never be defeated. Well, I want to ask you today, what is your faith like? If you consider those two pictures of a fortress that gradually gets weaker and overrun versus a fortress that just grows stronger and stronger, which is your faith more like? And how do we find a faith? How do we build a faith that will grow stronger over time instead of a faith that will just get worn down and worn down and eventually defeated? Today, we continue in Psalm 71, and we look at verses 7 through 16. And there was one verse in particular that caught my attention in this passage, and it was Psalm 71 and verse 14. It says, but I will hope continually and I will praise you yet more and more. So here we see the psalmist saying, I'm going to hope in you constantly. And even my praise is going to grow over time. And that's a good thought for us to think about. We should want to see our faith following that same trajectory, kind of constant and even getting stronger instead of getting worn down by the cares of the world or by tribulation or even by persecution uh, to where it gets weaker and weaker. We want to see our faith get stronger and stronger. Well, how is that going to happen? And first and foremost, we have to realize that we're going to need to be relying on something else because our hearts can't be that kind of fortress that just grows stronger and stronger. There is only one rock, one fortress, and that really is our God. And that's what we saw yesterday at the beginning of Psalm 71, that he is a refuge. He is a rock of refuge to which we may continually Come And there's that word continually again. So we can hope continually because we have a rock of refuge that we can continually come to because God is a rock and a fortress that will never fail. And so when we are resting on him, that's where we can gain confidence and find a faith and a trust that will never fail. 
If it was dependent on our own strength, it would not be possible for us to have a faith that grows stronger over time. But because our faith rests on a God who is always as strong as you could possibly be, that will help our faith grow as we grow in the knowledge of him. And another thing that we see as being super important in that faith growing over time is really remembering what God has done. Look at verses 15 and 16. It says, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day long. For their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. So his faith is growing stronger because he's not just thinking about for himself the great things that God has done. He is proclaiming the things that God has done. And he wants to let other people know. And that is reinforcing his own faith. So I hope we are all encouraged by how strong our God is, and I hope that all of us can see our faith grow stronger and stronger over time because we are just seeing more and more great things that he does. We are telling those things to others, and I realize, though, that that can be a battle. Uh, It's not easy just to trust God all the time. And that's where it might be helpful for us to also consider Mark chapter 14 today as we read verses 32 to 52. And here we see the incredibly powerful picture of Jesus praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And there is no greater example of faith than Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who lived a human life and lived it perfectly, perfectly following the will of his father. And if we're expecting, well, I'm going to eventually have a faith that is, you know, never troubled at all. Well, then you're expecting a a life really that's stronger than the life of Jesus. We know that Jesus never failed. He never sinned. That does not mean that there was no struggle or trouble in his own life and in his own soul. So we see him approaching Gethsemane. He, it's, He says, or it says that he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he says to Peter, James, and John, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. So that testing of faith, even Jesus experienced that testing of faith. But did his faith get weaker and weaker and eventually crumble? Or did his faith remain constant over time? And we're going to see that it's the latter that was true. And we even see him in verse 36 saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And here we saw already in Psalm 71 how remembering the acts of God are important in reinforcing our faith. I think one lesson we'll learn from Jesus here is how important prayer is. And I would add to that how important submission is, right? When we want God to come and accomplish our will, that's where our faith may be shaken because that's not what's going to happen. But when we submit to God's will and we say, God, no, it's not what I want It's what you want, not what I will, but what you will. That is going to put our faith in a greater position to be strengthened. And and one of the things that helps us submit to God's will is prayer. 
And that's what we see Jesus doing here. That's what we see him warning his disciples about when he says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. How can we reinforce our faith in our spirit to keep even our flesh strong? Well, we must watch and pray. And so I want to encourage you today. There's probably some things in your life that are causing you to be distressed and troubled. And are you going to see those things just wear down your faith? Or do you want to see your faith continually grow as you face those things? Well, if you want to see your faith grow, one thing you're going to have to do is pray and even submit to God in those prayers, crying out for his will to be done, not just your will. And hopefully that can help us see our faith get stronger and stronger over time. And and again, this is based on who God is and how constant he is. And that really brings us to 2 Corinthians as we look now at verses 12 through 24. And here, just for some context, apparently Paul had a change of plans and was not able to come to uh, Corinth when he was expected to. And we're going to start to see, uh, again, a lot of... uh, what we can what we can put together from 1 Corinthians and what he says in 2 Corinthians, again, this was a, a more troubled relationship, it seems, between Paul and the Corinthian church. And it seems that there are those, especially you see this in 2 Corinthians, it seems that there were some within the Corinthian church that were attacking Paul. And so Paul has to do some things and say some things in this letter to defend himself. And that really starts here. It does seem that there were some within the Corinthian church saying, oh, pfft, Look how lame Paul is. He can't even keep his word. He said he was going to come and now he's not coming, right? And so Paul has to explain why there was a change of plans. And it wasn't because he was being dishonest or he was not letting his yes be yes. But he says something interesting in here that should be encouraging to us. And it says in verse 19, for the son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Sylvanus and Timothy and I was not yes and no, but In him, it is always yes, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it's through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. And so as we think about that, and we remember the great things that God has done, there is no better picture of that than Jesus Christ, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. Now, I don't think we should press this statement too far to say, you know, that all the promises even that we see in the Old Testament are per, are just completely fulfilled in Jesus. And there's no future fulfillment of any Old Testament promises yet to come. But I think we see, though, that the, the main story of Scripture and the central promises are filled in Christ. And, and it's because of the yes of God in Christ that we can have confidence in all of the promises of God. For instance, you can have confidence in the promise that all things will work together for good because of how God kept his promises in Jesus Christ. And again, this should reinforce our faith. Even as reading this this morning and thinking about these themes, I I thought of a song that we often sing at our church called Great Things. And the second verse says, you've been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. And I know you will do it again for your promise is yes and amen. You will do great things. God, you do great things. And I love how that ties together, remembering the great things that God has done in the past and his faithfulness 
looking to Jesus Christ as the ultimate example, and then having a confidence of faith that is being reinforced and moving forward and growing stronger because of this focus on Christ, a faith that is able to say, God, you will do great things. And I hope all of us can have that faith as well. Well, let's wrap up today by looking briefly at 1 Kings 5 and 6. And now we are going to see King Solomon building the temple. And we see how God has answered his prayers for wisdom, even as he interacts with Hiram, the king of Tyre, and how he organizes everything for the temple to be built. And as you read chapter six, you you begin to see that this was an extravagant place with fine woods being used in the temple, everything overlaid with gold. And while we must uh, see that that was a meant to be a reflection and to honor the greatness of the one uh, who that temple was meant to honor. We remember other scriptures that God speaks of how he cannot be contained by a temple, how even this building, that if we could see, I think we would be, our breath would be taken away, right? Even this building that was meant to honor God and show his glory, uh, it still can't even do the full justice to who God is. But God, he condescends to us and he, uh, he eventually, and what we'll see in these next couple of days, he honored the building of this temple that we see Solomon doing here. And we'll get into uh, Solomon finishing this and even his prayer of dedication in these coming days. But today, I hope that we are encouraged to see our faith be reinforced and to grow in our confidence over time as we look at God's faithfulness, as we trust his promises, and remember that he is our rock and our refuge and our fortress. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.